What is up, everybody? Welcome to DFS by the Numbers. These are my full card breakdown and predictions for UFC Vegas 80. We got Grant Dawson going against Bobby Green. And we are back for another full card breakdown and prediction video after coming off of uh, a week off last week. No fights were, were last week. We still had a uh, contender series, though, but looking forward to getting right back into it. We have UFC Vegas 80, uh, UFC Vegas 81, and then I think UFC 294 to uh, to end the month here. So it's going to be a good month of fights. And then next month, just ridiculous, UFC 295 is going to be crazy in November. We got UFC 296 in December. So yeah, looking forward to uh, some of these uh, big cars to kind of end the year here. It's been a really good year thus far. Uh, two weeks ago, had probably one of my favorite nights, a night where I only went 4.5 units in, ended up turning, you know, 5.61 units profit thanks to um, hitting a, a Cody Brundage round one prop. Uh, not really how I how I drew it up, but uh, hey, you gotta you gotta take it when you when you get it there. So uh, yeah, came off of a, a really good week two weeks ago. Prior to that, I had that nine uh, nine unit week as well. So um, at this point, uh, up 66 units this year with a 20% ROI. Couldn't be any happier with how this year is going. I feel like I kind of switched up my strategy a little bit this year, taking more plus money shots, and it seems to be uh, paying dividends there. So looking forward to ending the year strong. Uh, before we get into it, if you guys can please do me a favor, leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel. It is always much, much appreciated. This video is brought to you by Prize Picks. If you guys are new to Prize Picks, be sure to sign up, use promo code DFSBTN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Um, I'll be getting out my Prize Picks video later in the week there, uh, but you highly recommend some prize picks and then also highly recommend signing up on dfsbythenumbers.com uh, $10 a month um, the most popular option is that MMA betting tier there you'll find all my bets my betting articles I do a full card best bet article where I break down the entire card get my best bet uh, the prediction the method and the confidence ratings and there's a ton more content that you do not see on YouTube and it also is the best way to support me there so check that out um, but with all that out of the way I say we get into it and we're going to start with the first fight on the card. And we got Montana De La Rosa going against J.J. Aldrich here. And we will start with J.J. Aldrich, who is 31 years old, 5'5", with a 67.5-inch reach, 12-6 and and 3-2 and in her last five fights. Montana De La Rosa, 28 years old, 5'7", with a 68-inch reach, 12-8, and in one and one, three and one in her last five fights. So we'll take a look at the odds here. And when I researched this fight, Montana De La Rosa was an underdog, and that is not the case anymore. So De La Rosa actually opened up plus 170, and she's currently minus 135. And JJ Aldrich opened up minus 200, and she is currently plus 115. So this line has flipped and is now in favor of Montana De La Rosa here. And I do lean the Montana De La Rosa side here. I liked her a lot more at, at plus money, because at the end of the day, I do think this is going to be a, a pretty close fight. We have a striker versus grappler matchup where on the feet, JJ Aldrich although not uh, entirely dangerous. She doesn't really hit hard. She is a good striker. She does throw good volume, and she's going to be the better striker in this matchup. But Montana De La Rosa is going to have the grappling advantage here. Uh, Montana De La Rosa, I don't think is the, the best fighter in the world, but what she is pretty good at is her wrestling solid for the division. It really is. Um, her grappling's pretty solid as well. And I was kind of looking through the record of Montana De La Rosa, and like when she's losing fights, she's losing to, to pretty good competition. Like She just got submitted by Tatiana Suarez. There is absolutely no shame in that. Tatiana Suarez, future 
future champion. Uh, we got a, a loss to Macy Barber. There is no shame in that whatsoever. Macy Barber, you know, knocked out JJ Aldrich, right? Uh, had the draw against Mara Bueno Silva, had a loss against Vivian Ariujo, and then I guess her worst loss would probably be Andrea Lee, and that's not really a, a bad loss to have. Whereas JJ Aldrich, you know, she's going out there, um, getting taken down three times by Liang Na. I know Liang Na is my girl, but that's not the, the best look in the world. Um, getting just 30-27 by Ariana Lipsky, also not a very good look whatsoever. So um, I think it all comes down to whether or not De La Rose is able to get takedowns. And I kind of lean towards her doing so. Um, you know, like I said, if Liang Na is able to take you down... Uh, I think there's a good chance that Montana De La Rosa is, and obviously Montana De La Rosa's grappling is is much, much better than Liang Na's. The cardio is much better than Liang Na's. We saw Liang Na go out there and make a ton of mistakes on the mat. That's not going to be the case with De La Rosa. If De La Rosa does take down Aldrich, I feel like she's going to be able to control position a lot better. So, yeah, I like, I like De La Rosa here. I like her to win by decision, like potential finish here. Um... Potential finish here. I'll say decision though for Montana De La Rosa, um, but I, I liked her like I said a lot more at uh, at plus money because um, this could end up playing close. Like if De La Rosa does not get the takedown, she's probably kind of screwed. But I'll take De La Rosa to get this fight down to the mat and win this fight by decision. Moving on, we got Mateus Mendonce going against Nate Maness. We got Mateus Mendonce, who is 24 years old, five foot six, 71 and a half inch reach, 10 and one, and four and one in his last five fights. Nate Maness, 32 years old, five foot ten, with a 72 inch reach, 14 and three, and three and two in his last five fights. So we'll take a look at the odds here. Quite frankly, they're kind of shocking to me, but at the same time. It's kind of expected. Uh, this fight opened up a pick'em, uh, minus one ten each way. Mendonce is now minus two sixty. Uh, Nate Maness is plus two twenty, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, Mateus Mendonce is training with you know Charles Oliveira at Shoot the Box over there. So I think that has a lot to do with the line. You know those guys have looked really good lately. A lot of hype on those guys lately, and that's why I think we're kind of getting the line here because I think this is a, a pretty close fight. So I'll right off the bat. I've really struggled with Nate Maness fights. Like, I think I've lost money on every single Nate Maness fight besides the last one against Tagir Ulanbekov, and that's just because I didn't bet the fight because I'm done betting Nate Maness fights. Like, I can't get this guy right. I've picked against Nate Maness every single time in the UFC, and I've been wrong. I've been wrong a couple times, and even when I'm right, I'm wrong, I'm wrong because I had the under two and a half in the Umar Nurmagomedov fight, and Umar just somehow could not finish Nate Maness. But against Tony Gravely, I was very confident in Tony Gravely against Nate Maness. Tony Gravely goes out there and basically knocks him out at the end of the first round, um, kind of saved by the bell. There, Nate Maness was um, barely could get up after the first round. I thought he wasn't going to continue, but he did continue, and then he went out there and knocked out Tony Gravely against Luke Sanders. I had a bet on Luke Sanders. Luke. Sanders is going out there just styling on on Nate Maness, making it look easy, outstriking him like three to one just about. And then Luke Sanders starts to gas out, makes a mistake and uh, gets hurt. And then Nate Maness jumps on him and, and submits him. And then even against Johnny Munoz, like I had Johnny Munoz in that fight and I thought Johnny Munoz won that fight. Uh, Johnny Munoz controlled him for like two thirds of the fight, but still couldn't get the nod there. So I've had some bad luck. I don't know if it's bad luck or what against Nate Maness. I'm always picking against this guy, but you can never really count him out. So uh, I have to pick Mendonce because I will never pick Nate Maness in a UFC fight ever. I don't like the volume of Nate Maness. I think there's a hole in the grappling as well. I don't think he should be fighting at flyweight. Uh, I mean, there was a picture circulating of Nate Maness after his, his cut to flyweight in his last fight against Tagir Ulan Bekov. It was probably the worst 
I've ever seen somebody look, you know, for a for a weight cut. So I think weigh-in is going to be very important for this fight for me at least because I want to see Nate Maness on the scale and I also want to see Mateus Mendonca on the scale because I think Mendonca is making his debut at flyweight or at the very least it's going to be the first time in a while where Mendonca's fought at flyweight. So yeah, I got to see the weigh-ins for this one, but I'll take Mendonca to win this fight by decision. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than this line does indicate there. Mendonca by decision. Moving on, we got Kanako. Uh, Murata going against Vanessa Demopoulos. We got Murata, 30 years old, 5'1", with a 62-inch reach, 12-2 and and 4-1. and In her last five fights, Vanessa Demopoulos, 35 years old, 5'2", with a 59-and-a-half-inch reach, 9-5 and and 3-2 and in her last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds here. We have a lot of big favorites on this card. This is one of them. Uh, Murata opened at minus 230. She's currently minus 360. And uh, Vanessa Demopoulos opened up plus 195, and she's currently plus 295. So when I first saw the line, I'm like, what's what's going on? Uh, you know, Murata's been out for like almost three years. It's been a while since we've seen her. Um, and, you know, honestly, this could be a potential decent matchup for Demopoulos just due to the fact that she wants to fight on the ground, and that's where it's going to play out. But, you know, after digging into this fight, I think Murata is going to make this look pretty easy. I was really impressed with what, first of all, the wrestling of Murata is honestly some of the best in the division. Her wrestling is very good. Her entries, um, very, very strong as well. I loved what I saw from the wrestling of Murata, but the grappling, the grappling really impressed me as well. I know she got subbed. Technically it was, you know, a a knockout, uh, in the Verna Jandaroba fight. Verna, I think snapped her arm. Um, but you know, getting submitted by Verna Jandaroba, there's no shame in that. I mean, Verna Jandaroba is one of the best grapplers in the division. So I don't hold her against that too much. But I went back and looked at some of her other fights, and I was really impressed with the grappling. She's dangerous on the ground. She really is. Uh, but it's her wrestling, her control. Um, she is able to fight out of submission attempts most of the time. She has been subbed twice, but one of those, like I said, was against Verna Jandaroba. Vanessa Demopoulos, she's a black belt in BJJ. Her path is going to be like some type of armbar from a guard type situation. So, and I can't really pick that. I think Murata wins this fight. I think she wins it pretty easily. Um, I'm going to take Murata to win this fight. I think she eventually finds a submission here. I think she's going to control Demopoulos uh, for a long time in this fight. I think something eventually is going to open up. She's going to have no problem taking down Vanessa Demopoulos. I mean, anytime somebody tries to take down to Vanessa Demopoulos, she kind of folds like a lawn chair. She really doesn't have takedown defense. She is very content to be on her back, and that's going to be kind of to her, uh, her detriment here. So I'm going to take Kanaka Murata to win this fight. I'll take her to win this fight by, by second round uh, submission there. Moving on, we have probably my least favorite fight in the card. We got Johnny Munoz Jr. going against Arichi Long. We have Johnny Munoz Jr., 30 years old, 5'9", with a 71-inch reach, 12-3, and and 2-3 and and in his last five fights. Arichi Long is 30 years old, 5'7", with a 69-inch reach, 24-11, and 2-3 and and in his last five fights. We have a pretty much a straight pick him here. Uh, Munoz Jr., Hasn't really moved. They opened up a pick'em, and they're currently uh, about a pick'em here. So, and that's kind of how I see this fight, to be honest. Like, I am not high on either guy at all here. Um, Johnny Munoz Jr. should be just ashamed of himself after his last performance against Daniel Santos, where he just, he basically quit. He he basically quit in that fight. He was pulling guard uh, multiple times, you know, and he was just losing minutes on bot, just doing nothing. He landed 18 strikes in that fight that went the full 15 minutes. Just a, a horrible, horrible excuse of a performance for Johnny Munoz Jr. And you could say the same thing about Richie Long, because Richie Long in his last fight, he got starched in a minute by uh, by Eamon Zahabi. 
I think it's a I think it's a close fight. I'm actually shocked at the odds are where it is because I really have not really seen anybody on Arichi Long. Um, so maybe the line you know still can can move, but it's uh, it's only Tuesday. But yeah, a lot of people on the Johnny Munoz Jr. side. I, I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't be putting money on this guy after what he did in his last fight. I mean, he looked like he didn't want to be there. So striker versus grappler matchup. On on paper, Richie Long's takedown defense looks horrible. It's like 55%. But I actually went back and looked and watched those fights. And, you know, getting taken down five times by Cody Durden, yeah, that's it's not a bad thing. I mean, five times by Cody, Cody Durden. Cody Durden went out there and took Charles Johnson down 11 times. And uh, Cody Durden had problems like holding down Richie Long. Like, Richie Long looked good in that fight. I guess he got taken down five times by Durden, but I don't hold that too much against him. And then he also got taken down three times by Jay Perrin, but uh, Arichi Long got up pretty much every single time. Uh, Jay Perrin was able to control Arichi Long against the cage a little bit, but I haven't really seen anybody take down Arichi Long um, secure position. He's been subbed a couple times, but those submission losses were a long time ago outside of the UFC. So I'm going to say Arichi Long does stuff the takedowns here, keeps him the feet. I think Munoz probably pulls guard, whatever. Um, it's going to be, I mean, I'm not looking forward to this fight at all. Like I'm really not, I'm not betting this fight. I, I'm not high in either of these guys, but as far as a pick, cause I have to give a pick, uh, I'm going to take a reachy long to win by decision here. Moving on. We have the featured prelim. We got Carolina Kovalkiewicz going against Diana Balbita. We got Carolina Kovalkiewicz. She is 37 years old, five foot three with a 64 inch reach, 15 and seven and three and two in her last five fights. Diana Balbita, 27 years old, five foot seven. With a 68-inch reach, 15 and 7 and 2 and 3 in her last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds. And we have Karolina Kovalkiewicz. She opened up minus 150. She's currently minus 165. And then we got Diana Balbita opening up plus 130. And she's currently plus 145. So I was looking at, you know, throughout the record of uh Karolina Kovalkiewicz. And uh first of all, she's been on a roll lately. She's looked really good, um, especially in her last last fight against Vanessa Demopoulos, but that was kind of a, a favorable matchup there. But, you know, she looked really good against Felice Herrig as well, and that fight was like a pick em, uh prior to the fight. Uh, the Savannah Gomez-Warris fight, it was whatever, um, a close fight, but, you know, she was able to get the win. So Carolina is on a, on a three-fight winning streak here, and I think a lot of that has to do with what happened with Carolina was she was on a five-fight skid at one point, uh, losing five fights in a row. But you have to dig a little bit deeper into it. I mean, she's losing to some very, very good fighters. Yan Zhaonan, Alexa Grasso, Michelle Waterson Gomez, Jessica Andrade. Do you know what Jessica Andrade, even at this point of her career, would do to Deanna Balbita? Do you know what Yan Zhaonan would do to Deanna Balbita? So you, you, she was on a five-fight skid, but she was fighting you know, very good competition. Um, Jessica Penny lost. That is actually inexcusable, but you know, she made a mistake in that fight. So she takes a step down in competition, and that's when we start to see her you know, start to finally win fights. Felice Herrick, Savannah Gomez-Juarez, and Vanessa Demopoulos. I think Deanna Balbita is kind of in that Demopolis, Juarez, and, and Herring category at this point. I mean, Deanna Balbita, uh, one thing I do like about her game is she's a very high-volume striker, but, I mean, losing to Gloria DePaula, um, that's that's unforgivable. Losing to Luana Jojua is absolutely unforgivable, and losing to Molly McCann is even not the best look in the world, and her wins come against Maria Oliveira and Hannah Goldie. I mean, Deanna Balbita is two and three in the UFC, and she's fought some of the worst competition I've, I've ever seen in my life, UFC-wise. So um, if Karolina Kovalkiewicz loses this fight, it's going to probably be her, her worst loss 
ever. I mean, because she has some good losses. Yan Zhao Nan, um, Claudia Gadelia back in the day uh, when she was good, and uh, Yuana Jinjacek back in the day as well. So yeah, if, if Carolina does lose this fight, it will be her, her worst loss ever in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pick her here, but I think on the feet, it's going to be very close and competitive. I think both fighters are, are pretty good strikers. I think the volume is going to be very high on both sides, but I, where I actually think Carolina can go out there and have some sneaky success is going to be in the, the grappling department. I think that's something that Deanna Belbita really, really struggles with. We saw her, we saw Molly McCann take her down five times. We even saw Hannah Goldie take her down a couple times. We saw Gloria DePaula take her down and control her for an entire round. Carolina Kovacavich, as of late, has been showing the ability to go out there and, and get takedowns. You know, she got two against Savannah gomez Juarez, and she went out there and submitted Felice Herrick, just dominated her on the ground. So I feel like if Carolina Kovacavich comes in here with the right game plan, I feel like she can go out there and win this fight. Um, potential submission like Deanna Balbita gets submitted all the time but I'll say Carolina by decision and if she comes in here with a crap game plan and, and stands and strikes for 15 minutes which I don't think is going to be the case uh, we will see a very very close fight here but give me Carolina Kovacavich to win this fight I'll take her to win this fight by decision not in love with the price tag I was hoping to get it at a better price but that's not going to happen it looks like all right moving on to the the main card opener phenomenal fight here Bill Algio going against Alexander Hernandez we got Bill Algio. Uh, he's 34 years old, six foot with a 73 inch reach, 17 and seven and three and two in his last five fights. Alexander Hernandez, 31 years old, five foot nine with a 72 inch reach. Um, Alexander Hernandez is uh, 14 and six, and he is two and three in his last five fights. There we go. All right, we'll take a look at the odds, and we see. That uh, Bill Algio, this is one of the closer lined fights on the card. Bill Algio opened up minus 115, he's currently minus 145, and Alexander Hernandez opened up minus 105, he's currently plus 125. So this is going to be, I think, the second cut down to featherweight for Alexander Hernandez. His last fight, he did go out there and get a win against Jim Miller, but that fight was at lightweight. Um, the first time we saw Hernandez cut down to featherweight, I was very skeptical about the cut to, to featherweight because... Um, but he, he made weight and all that, but against Billy Q, he did get finished in the second round. And I, I kind of see the, the same thing happening here potentially. So I actually think that Hernandez is a very good fighter. I think he's a very skilled fighter. Um, I like the wrestling of Hernandez, the striking, um, I like the power that Hernandez possesses as well, but Hernandez is, is lacking three key attributes that uh, have honestly cost him in a lot of his fights and three key attributes that I think potentially will cost him here. Again, those three key attributes are cardio, durability, and heart. He has shown terrible cardio in the Billy Q fight. In the even the Tiago Mo Moises fight, he slowed down. In the Dober fight, especially, um, he sh he's shown you know terrible heart. I mean, this guy's getting finished in pretty much all of his losses. Billy Q finished him. Honato Moicano finished him. Drew Dober finished him. Donald Cerrone finished him. Like this guy's getting finished multiple times and all of those times have come in the second round like this guy loves getting finished in the second round Alexander Hernandez so yes he, he looks really good early I think he's going to win the first round um, and I think he does it a very high clip against Bill Algie because I think Hernandez is the better fighter overall I feel like Hernandez can get takedowns easy Bill Algio's takedown defense is, is horrible I feel like you know Hernandez is probably the better striker as well I feel like Hernandez is probably better everywhere besides the cardio 
the toughness, the durability, the heart, and all those go in favor of Bill Algio, and it's not even close. Bill Algio's tough as they come. Bill Algio, 24 fights. He's never been knocked out. Bill Algio can go a hard 15 minutes, no problem, and Bill Algio's not going to go out there and quit. So I'm going to be looking at this fight from like a live bet perspective. I think Hernandez goes out there and, and uh, puts it on Bill Algio early, but it's just something he can't keep up, especially at featherweight. Like, especially at featherweight, he's going to be able to keep it up. I don't really think so. Bill Algio, not much of a finisher, but, you know, he is dangerous. He's a black belt in BJJ. Um, he was able to go out there and, and submit TJ Brown in his last fight. And I think he's going to put a pace on Hernandez that he's just not going to be able to keep up with. So I'm going to take Bill Algie to win this fight. I'll take Bill Algie to win this fight by second round knockout. Could be a submission as well. Second round finish. All right, moving on. We got a uh, weird fight, but um, should be entertaining. And I think that just sums up all of Ayan Kudalaba's fights. They're weird, but they're always entertaining. We got Kudalaba going against Philippe Lenz. We got Kudalaba, 29 years old, six foot one, with a 75 inch reach, 17 nine and one, and two and three in his last five fights. Philippe Lenz, 38 years old, six foot two, with a 78 inch reach, 17 and five, and three and two in his last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds here, and we see that Ayn Kudalaba opened up my, uh, plus 130, currently minus 155, and then we got Philippe Lenz opened up minus 150, currently plus 135, and this fight is very hard to predict, um, and basically every single Ayn Kudalaba fight is pretty hard to predict, and that's because this guy is just a complete wild man. Uh, this guy is a complete wild card. Like, we never know what he's going to go in there and do. Um, he's going to go in there and he's going to either try to take your head off or he's going to go in there and try to, you know, wrestle you um, very hard for the first five minutes. The problem with Kudalaba is he always seems to really slow down as the fight goes on. So I guess it all comes down to is Ian Kudalaba going to finish Philippe Lins in the first round? If so, um, you know, it is what it is, but if not, if this fight reaches the second round, although I don't think Philippe Lenz has the best cardio, I think Philippe Lenz is absolutely going to have a cardio advantage against, uh, Ayn Kudalaba here. So it's a weird fight. Uh, Philippe Lenz is a guy that I actually was very, I don't want to say very high on, but a guy that I was excited about, um, after he, uh, won the million bucks on the, on PFL, um, and then he made his debut against Andre Arlovsky, and he just looked, he looked horrible. He looked like a completely different person. Then he goes out there and gets knocked out by Bozer. But since then, he's kind of rattled off three wins in a row. He's looking a lot better. He's, you know, cutting down to light heavyweight, which I think is a, a better weight class for him. So Philippe Lentz has been looking, uh, really good as of late, but, you know, he is 38 years old at this time. But yeah, Philippe Lentz is a black belt in BJJ. He looks to have very good takedown defense. Like I said, gonna have the cardio advantage. He's a pretty solid striker as well, has some power. So I think there are a lot of reasons to like Philippe Lentz here, but there is a very good chance Kudalaba can go out there and just knock him out in the first couple minutes. So uh, I'm gonna take Philippe Lentz, though. I'm gonna take Philippe Lentz to win this fight. I'll say submission. Like, Kudalaba makes a ton of mistakes on the mat, and I think this is where the fight's gonna play out a decent bet. I mean, Kudalaba's been submitted like four or five times in his career. It's a ton. So I'm going to take Philippe Lenz to snatch up a neck at some point in this fight. Um, give me Philippe Lenz second round sub. All right. Uh, moving on. We have Drew Dober going against Ricky Glenn. We got Drew Dober, 34 years old, five foot eight with a 70 inch reach, uh, 26 and 12 and, and three and two in his last five fights. Ricky Glenn, 34 years old, six foot with a 70 and a half inch reach, 22, seven and two, and uh, two, two and one in his last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds. We see that Drew Dober, I think he's the biggest favorite or, or the second biggest favorite on the card. Yeah, he's the second biggest favorite. Um, He opened up minus 410. He's currently minus 425. And Ricky Glenn opened up plus 310. He's currently plus 325. So 
when I first saw this fight, I was like, what the heck is, is going on? Like, who who made this fight? Like, who sanctioned this fight? It, it really makes no sense other than they're just really trying to get Drew Dober back on track here. I mean, Ricky Glenn looked atrocious in his in his last fight. Just looked terrible. He looked washed, which is crazy to say because... Because Ricky Glenn is the same age as, as Drew Dober, but Ricky Glenn just looked horrible against Christos Giagos. And uh, Christos Giagos was able to knock him out within the first couple minutes of that fight. But yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with Ricky Glenn. I think he is, you know, most definitely past his prime. I think he's, um, you know, slowing down a lot in his career. And I think a lot of it has to potentially do with like injuries because this guy, Ricky Glenn, has had just ridiculously long layoffs. So he had that layoff. Uh, between 2018 and, and 2021, like a three-year layoff. And he went out there and knocked out Joaquim Silva in like 37 seconds. And then he took like another big layoff after the Dawson fight. It was like 2021 to uh, to 2020, another two-year layoff. Like I'm not sure what's going on with Rick and Glenn, but I think a lot of it probably has to do with you know injury-related stuff. Um, so I think that has to be affecting him a little bit because he just looks so bad in that Jaguars fight. So, um, yeah, it's, it's Drew Dober. It's it's Drew Dober probably by knockout. I know Ricky Glenn's only been knocked out once in like 30-some fights, but Drew Dober hits really hard. And if uh, Ricky Glenn shows up and looking anything like he did in the Jaguars fight, it's probably the same result. So I'm going to take Drew Dober to win this fight. I'm going to take him to win this fight by first-round knockout. Moving on, we got Joaquin Buckley going against Alex Morono. We got Buckley, 29 years old, 5'10", with a 76-inch reach, 16-6, and and 3-2 and in his last five fights. Alex Morono, 33 years old, 5'11", with a 72-inch reach, 23-8, uh, and 4-1 and and in his last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds. We have Joaquin Buckley open up plus 130, currently minus 150. We got Alex Morono opening up minus 150. Currently plus 130. So yeah, this is a fight where I think Morona is going to be a very popular underdog this week because I feel like minute for minute, this fight is going to play out very competitively. I feel like Alex Morono is the uh, the more well-rounded fighter. Alex Morono, black belt and BJJ, really good grappler. It's just, you know, Alex Morono refuses to go out there and grapple. So I do expect this fight to stay standing. And when it is standing, I do expect the numbers to be very close. Um, but... You know, there's a big difference between these two, and the, the big difference is is power. One guy has a ton of power, and that is Joaquin Buckley. This guy hits like an absolute truck, and then another guy is is Morona, who doesn't really have any power at all. You know, Morona is more so a uh, decision guy. He's not really knocking out many people, but when Buckley is is going out there, um, he's going out there and knocking guys out most of the time. You know, Buckley knocked out Andre Fialo, knocked out Albert Duraev, knocked out Antonio Hoyo. Jordan Wright, Impikasaganai. Uh, Buckley's knocked out all but one of his wins. Um, and that the one that he did not knock out was um I think it was Abdul Razak Alassan in that like greasy, greasy decision there. But I kind of feel like Buckley knocks out Morono here. I really do. I think the durability of Morono might be deteriorating a little bit. We've been seeing him get hurt a lot more. He got dropped against Semmelsberger. He got knocked out by Ponzinibbio, which was really not the best look in the world. Um, so I just feel like Buckley is going to catch Morono. He's going to land something big at some point in this fight. But I think somebody's getting knocked out here. I think these guys are going to stand and bang until one man falls. But I got to go with the guy with the power. I mean, if these guys are going to strike for 15 minutes, give me the guy with the, the ridiculous power and Joaquin Buckley to eventually touch the chin of Alex Morono here. So give me Buckley to win this fight. I'll take Buckley to win this fight by third round knockout. All right, moving on to the co-main event. We got Joe Pfeiffer going against Abdul Razak Alassan. We got Joe Pfeiffer 
Um, he's 27 years old, six foot two with a 75 inch reach, 11 and two and four and one in his last five fights. Abdul Razak Alassan, 38 years old, five foot ten with a 73 inch reach, 12 and five and two and three in his last five fights. We have the biggest favorite here on the card, Joe Pfeiffer, open at minus 350, currently minus 450, and then we have Abdul Razak Alassan. Um, he opened up plus 250, and he is currently plus 350 there. So big, big favorite here in Joe Pfeiffer. I think probably a little bit too big of a a favorite, but um, you know, I, I think Pfeiffer just has a lot more ways to win this fight. So if Joe Pfeiffer wants to make this look, in my opinion, pretty pretty easy, what he needs to do is is get this fight down to the ground. I think a lot of people forget that Joe Pfeiffer is a very good grappler. I think he's a black belt in BJJ. He trains with like Sean Brady and them, the, the Renzo Gracie Philly guys. Uh, we have not seen it in a while though. It's been, it's been a while, like even outside the UFC, it, it's been kind of a while since, you know, Joe Pivers went out there and uh, used his ground game to get it like a submission win. Um, he's going out there, he's standing, banging with these guys and he's knocking them out. He's having success. We saw him get that knockout on the contender series. He did wrestle a little bit in that first round though, but he got a knockout in the second round. Nonetheless, we saw him go out there and knock out Alan Amadovsky. We saw him go out there and knock out Jeremy Shart. Um, what worries me here is that Joe Pfeiffer goes out there and tries to knock out probably one of the hardest hitters in the division um, in Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. I mean, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan's power, even at 38 years old, we know power is the last to go, is ridiculous. Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, 12 wins, all 12 of them by knockout. 11 of those wins coming in the very first round. The one that came in the second was 35 seconds into the second round. Abdul Razak Al-Hassan's power is nothing to mess around with. He has a lot more power than uh, Gerald Mearshart, and he has a lot more power than um, Ozzy Diaz. He has a lot more power than um, Alan Amadoski, especially. And he's a lot better than all those guys in the striking department. But I mean, think if Joe Pfeiffer goes out there and takes this guy down, I think he can make it look easy. Like Abdul Razak Al-Hassan's takedown defense is just non-existent. Uh, what really surprised me with Abdul Razak Al-Hassan was, I think it all started with like the Manir Lazez. Manir Lazez, a striker, uh, went out there and just easily took down Abdul Razak Al-Hassan four times. We saw Jacob Malkoon take him down eight times. We saw Joaquin Buckley, a striker, um, take him down five times. Like if Joe Pfeiffer takes this guy down, he's, he's probably going to style on him and, and sub him here. It's just what worries me is Joe Pfeiffer goes out there and tries to stand and bang with Abdul Razak. If he does that, do I still think he wins? Yes, but do I think he looks minus 450? Maybe, I don't, I, I don't know, but uh, you know, messing around against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan on the feet, especially early, is, is, a, is a dangerous thing to do. So I'm hoping Pfeiffer comes out here with a good game plan, and that game plan, in my opinion, would be to to mix in the takedowns. You know, make Abdul Razak Al-Hassan work a little bit. Get this fight down to the mat, and once he does, I think he's going to style on him. We saw Jacob Alcoon, who, who finishes nobody, almost finish Abdul Razak Al-Hassan multiple times in that second round. So I'm going to take Joe Pfeiffer to win this fight. I'm going to take Joe Pfeiffer to win this fight by second round submission. This fight's going to be awesome. It's probably my favorite fight on the card. Um, I think somebody's going to get absolutely served here, but I think Joe Pfeiffer gets it done, and I think he gets it done by second round submission. All right, next we have the the main event breakdown. Uh, I did post a, uh, a, a more in-depth breakdown of this fight. If you want to go check that out, that's on the channel already. But we got Grant Dawson going against Bobby Green. We got Grant Dawson, 29 years old, 5'10 with a 72-inch reach, 21-1, and 4-0-1 and in his last five fights. Bobby Green, 37 years old, 5'10 with a 71-inch reach, 30-14-1, and 2-2-1 and and no contest in his last five fights. We'll take a look at the odds here. Another big favorite here in Grant Dawson. 
opened up minus 335, currently minus 425. And then we have Bobby Green opening up plus 275. He's currently plus 325. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Grant Dawson's a pretty big favorite for a reason. Um, it looks like we're not getting Grant Dawson at dog odds anymore like we did in the uh, Demir Ismagulov fight. I think they're on to it now. Grant Dawson has looked incredible as of late. Uh, he moved to ATT a couple fights ago. His uh, Demir Ismagulov fight was actually his first full camp at uh, ATT. I think it did nine weeks there. And then this is going to be a second full camp at ATT. And I think we're we're seeing a lot of improvements already from Grant Dawson. I think this guy, Grant Dawson, is in his prime. We're getting very close to it. Um, I think uh, we might even see a, a better version of Grant Dawson, which is terrifying because I don't think he could have looked any better in his fight against Amir Ismagulov. So uh, Bobby Green's a good fighter. He really is. He's fought the who's who. He's a really good striker. He's a really good wrestler. He's a really good grappler. Bobby Green's well-rounded. It's just I don't think he's going to be able to um, really do anything here against Grant Dawson. I don't think he's going to be able to stuff the takedowns, and I don't think he's going to be able to stop Grant Dawson from getting into dominant positions, whether that be Mount, whether that be you know Grant Dawson taking Bobby Green's back. You know, I, I think Bobby Green's just not going to be able to do anything to stop it. The one worry I do have about Grant Dawson is if this fight does reach the fourth and fifth round potentially, you know, what's his card going to look like? Because we've seen Grant Dawson like absolutely death gassed in third rounds. Uh, you know, most notably was that that Ricky Glenn fight, which wasn't too long ago. Um, Grant Dawson got 10 aided in the third round against Ricky Glenn. And after the end of the third round, Grant Dawson could like barely get up. And James Krause had to help him to the corner. Um, but I think he has improved his cardio since then. We've seen a couple third round finishes from Dawson. I think the move to ATT is paying dividends here. So yeah, I think Dawson wins this fight. I think he finishes it before it even gets to the fourth round. So I'm not even sure that matters. So I'm going to take Dawson to win this fight. I'm going to take Dawson to win this fight by second round of submission. I think he look, makes it look pretty dominant in here. And there you have it. Those are the predictions for UFC Vegas 80. Thank you all so much for watching. Be sure to leave a like on your way out. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, check out DFSbythenumbers.com. I'll be getting out a lot of content this week for UFC Vegas 80 and also be sure to check out prize picks use that promo code at DFSBTN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100 be on the lookout for the live streams Friday and Saturday final thoughts live stream after the weigh-ins Friday and then uh, best bet Saturday as well going to have a full panel there for you guys so best of luck for UFC Vegas 80 and um, yeah let's let's end the year strong see you guys later